Good morning and welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on Spotify and some of the other platforms that we broadcast on here at Sunshine USA. And this is me, Warren Landis. I am your host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA. And as usual, it is so great to have you tuned in. Um, I, I can tell you this is truly the highlight of my day. When I get in front of this radio microphone and I record the Bible study commentary that I do every day. It is part of the calling that God has called me to do, to preach the gospel and to teach the Bible. And I want to keep on doing this for as long as the Lord gives me the opportunity to do so. Uh, I I do want to take a few minutes uh, this morning on the program to go to God in a word of prayer. We've actually got several prayer requests this morning. Uh, We've actually had several people call in uh, requesting prayer for this tropical storm on the East Coast. A lot of people are being affected by it. Fortunately, it is a tropical storm and it's not a hurricane, as I understand it. And it will gradually diminish in strength as the day progresses. But nonetheless, it's going to produce a lot of rain for a lot of people on the East Coast. And so we want to be sure to pray for those in the path of Tropical Storm Affiliate that they will be protected by the great God that we serve. Now, we also have a prayer request for a man that's looking for a job. He says he's been unemployed for some time now. He's looking for a job. And let me tell this young man, I think God's got a job out there for you. It's just a matter of trusting him. But also keep in mind that we all have to do our part. You know, you have to do more than just simply say, God, I need a job. You have to do your part by going out, you know, filling out those job applications, sending in those resumes, because that's all part of the process. And what you really should be praying is Lord bless the fruit of my labor. (laughs) I have labored long and hard looking for a job, and now, Lord, I want you to fill the need. But don't expect God to do his part when you haven't done your part. (laughs) I had a professor in college that uh, told us that we really shouldn't pray that God would help us pass a test. He said our prayer should be more like this. We should say, Lord... Bring to my remembrance that which I have studied. But of course, if you haven't studied anything, then there is basically nothing for God to bring to your remembrance because you haven't bothered to study for it. So don't don't pray and say, God, help me on this test if you haven't done your part, if you haven't studied. Amen. (laughs) Here we have a couple getting excited about... uh, Uh, a trip that they're getting ready to make to Europe. It's a honeymoon trip, and they're very excited about it. They're also wanting to commit their marriage to God. That's always a good thing to do. Here we have a church praying that God will send revival. And certainly there's no doubt we have quite a few churches In America today, I believe, that are in desperate need of revival. 
I mean, I get sad when I read about churches that used to be powerhouses for the Lord, and now they're dying on the vine. I don't think that makes God happy at all. So we need to pray this morning for many churches out there that are in need of revival. We also have to start by taking a look at ourselves. You know, what if every member of the church were just like me? What kind of church would this be? Would it be well-financed? Would it be doing the different things that God wants it to be doing? You know, it's sad to say they say that in a typical church, 20% of the people give 80% of the budget. It's also been said that 20% of the people do 80% of the work that needs to be done in the church. And, and do understand this, your pastor, I don't care how great a man of God he is, your pastor cannot do it all. Your pastor cannot do it all. He needs the church members to roll up their sleeves and say, you know what, we're going to do this and we're going to do it for God. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Well, um, let's see if we've got some other prayer requests here. Yeah, here's a couple that's building a house and they want to... Dedicate every part of the process to God, and that's always a good thing to do. I mean, uh, I've never built a house before, but I understand it can really try your patience. It really can. It can try your patience. And here we have a couple wanting us to pray that God will be with them as they design and build the house. It's what they call their dream home. They've been married about 10 years, and they've been renting for about 10 years. But also for the past 10 years, they've been putting aside money every month into savings toward the goal of building their own house. And that's the smart way to go right there. Save and then buy. Don't save. Uh, I mean, yeah, save and buy is the way you should go. A lot of people today, they just figure out what they want, and then they borrow the money to get it. Then they complain to the Lord about how deep in debt they are. Uh, I am convinced that debt does not honor God. I am convinced that debt does not honor God. I like what Dave Ramsey says. Uh, I guess Dave Ramsey is the self-proclaimed uh, financial guru for the Christian community. Uh, he says the only thing that you should owe monthly payments on is your house. Everything else, pay cash. Now, that advice might seem old-fashioned or archaic, but, you know, it's pretty good advice. Amen. Um, Larry Paquette took a little softer line on that position than Dave Ramsey does. Dave Ramsey was not against people borrowing on their credit cards, but he did say the first month you can't pay it off in full. Don't use it anymore. <laughs> Debt does not honor God. And I tell you, I think we've got some tough times coming up in America. And the more in debt you are now, the harder the time is going to be that you're going to have in the future. You know, learn to live on less than what you make. Really, I mean, that's the simple principle of budgeting right there. 
Learn to live on less than what you make. Amen. Here we have a pastor looking for a church to pastor. And he wants to pray that God will lead him to the right congregation. Uh, Certainly uh, a good prayer for the pastor to be praying. And I believe that the Lord has a congregation already picked out for that pastor. And if you're a church looking for a pastor, I believe God has a man picked out for you already. It's just a matter of you praying and asking God to direct you to the band that he's already picked out for you. Amen? Amen. Well, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I want to pray right now that you will be with each and every one of these requests. Lord, we know that with you, nothing is impossible. Lord, we know that with you, all things are possible. And God, we praise you for that. God, I thank you that you are the great physician and for those that are sick and need healing. Lord, we pray that you will grant healing. I'm praying right now for a young man that I know in Lawrence, South Carolina. Lord, you know him. He's doing a great job for you there in Lawrence, and he is sick with COVID this weekend. And Lord, we want to pray that you will give him a speedy recovery. Because, Lord, we know that you are the great physician. And, Lord, we thank you in advance for what we know you're going to do. Lord, be with these other prayer requests. The couple that's building a home. The couple that's getting ready to go on a honeymoon. Lord, we know that there's not a single request here that you can't handle. And we just thank you and praise you in advance, Lord, for what we know you're going to do. And Lord, we want to thank you also that you will... Be with us, guide us and direct us in the way that you would have us to go. Lord, be with me as I teach your word. Lord, you know my heart. You know my desire is to correctly teach your word to your people. For it's all these things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I tell you what, folks, uh, we're going to be devoting, in the weeks and months ahead, we're going to be devoting more and more time to prayer. I believe prayer is powerful. I believe with all my heart that prayer changes things. Uh, I can look back on my life and I can think of times when I have screwed up the most. And that's those times that I didn't go to God in a word of prayer, and seek his guidance, his leadership. So many times what happens when we pray, we ask God to bless what we've already decided to do, but that's not the way it should work. The way it should work is like this, God, you show me what you want me to do, and I'll do it. Amen. Okay, well, most of you that listen to this program with any degree of regularity, you know that we have this past week started a new study in the book of Romans. Now, I can tell you right now, 
I think we're going to be camped out in the book of Romans for a little bit. And this, for example, today is going to be our third broadcast with me doing commentary from the first chapter of Romans. So that gives you a little bit of an idea how long it's going to take us to get through this book of Romans. Now, the last two verses that we looked at last time were Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Now here we read, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, we have two important things here, as I see it, that Paul is trying to tell his readers. First of all, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, these words probably came across as pretty shocking to the people that originally heard it. Because the Paul they knew was persecuting Christians. Having Christians thrown into jail and prison and put to death. But now here's Paul saying, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> he says, For it's the power of God unto salvation. I tell you, I tell you what, folks. The gospel has power. The Bible tells us that God's word will not return unto him void. And that's why I know when I get in front of this radio microphone and I preach and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know that God is going to bless it. I know that God is going to honor his word. I know that there's going to be results. I may not know the results myself, but I know there's going to be results. Just the other day, somebody asked me, Warren, how many people have been saved in your ministry? And you know what I told them? I said, I have no idea. I said, God has not called me to be a scorekeeper. God has called me to faithfully proclaim his gospel, his good news. And that's what I intend to do until the day I die. Now, by the way, like Paul, we should take the attitude, I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel. Let me ask you this question. How many people who know you know that you're a Christian? In a typical day or in a typical week, how many people do you talk to about God? How many people do you know of that you've led to the Lord? Well, if you're coming back and saying, well, I haven't done very much. Let me ask you this question. Are you ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? If not, we need to take a bold stand for him. We need to speak up for him. We need to say, Lord, give me somebody every day that I can tell about Jesus. I think I mentioned on the broadcast yesterday this guy I listened to on the radio, he's actually a radio announcer for a Christian radio station here in Greenville, and every morning at the end of a shift, you know what he says? He says, tell someone today about Jesus. Tell someone today about Jesus. What a great resolution. Tell someone today 
about Jesus. Amen. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then Paul makes the very powerful statement, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Now what this is telling us is that you and I have to uh, make up our minds that we're going to serve the Lord in faith. It may be that we don't know what to do. It may be that we want something and we just can't see how in the world God is going to bring it to pass, but we simply thank God for it in faith. In faith. Uh, this is a faith ministry. It's a labor of love. I tell you, we recently made a decision to expand this ministry. And in this case, the ministry expansion is going to cost us an extra $39 a month. Now, I want you to know, I don't necessarily have $39 a month I could pay down on that. I mean, uh, the first month I could probably take care of myself, maybe the second month, but ultimately, I'm going to have to trust God that God's going to lay it on the heart of somebody to say, Warren, you know what? I'm going to sponsor your broadcast by faith for $39 a month. Now, if that's the case, simply make your check out to Warren Landis and mail it in. Now, say make it out to me. That sounds a little bit awkward, but we haven't fully incorporated this ministry yet, and so therefore uh, you have to make out your check or money order to me but I can assure you everything that you give will be used for the glory of God and for the purpose of keeping this podcast on the air and even able to expand it. And, and I just lay that out as a faith request. I believe what we did is something God wants us to do. And truly, if God wants us to do it, guess what? He's going to lay it on the heart of somebody to send the money in. I just accept that by faith. But the other thing is, I'm not going to waste my time on this program spending a lot of time begging people to give. We simply present the need and then lay it on the heart of somebody to meet that need. It's that simple. Okay, so the Bible says the just shall live by faith. We take God at his word. We want to say, God, I trust you at your word. God, I don't doubt. And help me to serve you unwaveringly. Okay, now to this point, all we've done really is simply reiterated what I said yesterday. Now we're getting into new material. Romans chapter 1, verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in 
unrighteousness. Now, this lets us know that God is angry with sin. Now, I point out God is not angry so much with the sinner as he is with the sin. He loves the sinner. Christ died on the cross for our sins. But the Lord hates our sin. When you disobey God, it breaks the heart of a holy and righteous God. And the correct way to deal with sin is say, Lord, I pray that you forgive me for this thing I just did. Or maybe this thought that just entered my mind. Lord, forgive me of it. That's the way to deal with sin. But now if you don't, God has ways of getting your attention. God has ways of bringing you around to repentance. Now, I want to make a careful point here to say that repentance does not save us. Repentance does not save us, but those of us who are saved, we should live a life of repentance. We should not want anything in our lives that displeases God. A lot of times when I get up in the morning, I say, Lord, I want the light of your Holy Spirit to shine upon my heart and reveal unto me sins that I have committed in the last 24 hours, Lord. And I pray that you will forgive me, and I know we will. You see, that's the correct way to deal with it. Don't take the haughty attitude that says, hey, me, I never do anything wrong. I know some people, man, I don't care how much wrong they do. They will never admit it. But you know what? God has ways of getting your attention. If he can't get it one way, he'll get it another way. And so it's easier to say, Lord, shine the light of your Holy Spirit on my heart. And reveal to me any unrighteousness that's there, Lord, and forgive me. And Lord, help me this day, from this day forward, to live for you and to serve you. And then we come to verses 19 and 20. Because that which may be known of God is manifest to them. For God has showed it unto them. For the visible, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In other words, what God is telling us here is that the heavens themselves declare the glory of God. I mean, when you look at nature, it should reveal to you how awesome God is. One of the things I like about my apartment is the fact my apartment has all of its windows facing to the east. Every morning when I wake up, I see the most beautiful sunrises you've ever seen in your life. And to me, these beautiful sunrises point to the majesty and glory of God. I also love thunderstorms. Really, I do. 
Now, I don't like it when they get, you know, too severe or anything like that. And I certainly don't like uh, tornadoes or damaging winds, but I love thunderstorms. Because when I look at that lightning, when I hear that thunder, when I hear the rain coming down, let me tell you something, folks. That reminds me of the power of God. That reminds me that the same great God who created the heavens and the earth, he cares about any need or problem that I have, and he's more than capable of taking care of it. If I just put my faith and my trust in him, that's what I need to do. I need to put my faith and my trust in him. Okay, let's read on. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of an uncorruptible God into the image made like unto corruptible man, to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Now here, what Paul is doing, he's teaching us about apostasy. And what he's doing here is providing for us a snapshot of sinful man. Man is a sinner. The Bible tells us, even here in the book of Romans, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Man is a sinner. And that means even at man's best, man is still a sinner. And then, starting with verse 24, we see the end result of apostasy. It says, for, for, Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up to their vile affections, for even their women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. And as we go on, right on through the rest of this chapter, the first chapter of uh, Romans, we see what the end result of sin and ungodliness is. Now, I, I personally never give up on anybody. I mean, when I pray for someone to be saved, I'm not going to give up on that person until they get saved. But you know what? God's patience is not unlimited. 
Let me say that again. God's patience is not unlimited. There's going to come a time when God is going to try to reach you one last time. And if you still say no to him, he's going to say, okay, that's it. That does it. It's all over. I'm not bothering you with anymore. And you know, one of the sad things about hell is I believe those in hell will be able to remember every single opportunity that God gave them to receive the gospel. And they said, no, God, no, God, no, God, I don't want you. And the day is coming where God says, okay, that does it. It's all over. Sad, but true. Sad, but true. That's why if you have any desire in your heart today, you need to pray and ask Jesus to come in your heart before it's too late. Because you see, that day is coming when God says, hey, I'm not going to deal with you anymore. You know, God may be convicting you to come down the aisle of your church and receive Christ as Savior, but this might be the last time that God's dealing with you. It might be that in your home right now or driving down the road in a car, you're listening to this podcast. And you know good and well you're not the man or woman God intended for you to be. But you know what? You could change that today. You can ask the Lord to save you and get you right with him. If you're a Christian and you've got ungodly things in your life, you could say, okay, God, this is today. I'm wanting you to cleanse my heart of any and all unrighteousness. And this might very well be the last day God's going to give you a chance to do anything about it. Verse 32, God says, who knowingly or who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Some of you are not saved and you know you're not saved. And you know what happens to the people that are not saved. Amen. But yet you continue in your ungodliness. I tell you folks, that's dangerous. Like I say, today might be the last day that God gives you an opportunity to get right with him. I'm going to do something I don't always do on this show. I'm going to do a cappello, a song of invitation. A song titled, The Savior is Waiting. The Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you let him come in? There's nothing in this world to keep you apart. What is your answer to him? Time.
is waited before, and now he is waiting again to see if you're willing to open the door. Oh, how he wants to come in. If you'll take one step toward the Savior, my friend, you'll find his arms open wide. Receive him and all of your darkness will end. Why don't you ask him today? Time after time he has waited before. And now he is waiting again to see if you're willing to open the door. Oh, how he wants to come in. And I tell you, that's our song of invitation for today. That is my plea to you that if you're not right with God, you'll make that decision today. Amen. Well, if you have any Bible study questions or if you have uh, any prayer requests or praises to God, all you have to do is let me know. Shoot me an email. Um, Warren Landis. Uh, well, let's see. I've got two email addresses. WarrenLandis at Yahoo.com and also WarrenLandis at Gmail.com. And I also have um, a snail mail address. For those of you that want to contact me the old-fashioned way, that's Warren Landis, 80 Thrusted Street. That's T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, 80 Thrusted Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. Warren Landis, 80 Thrusted Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. That is uh, uh, something that I hope you'll do. Contact me. I love to hear from you. And, it, it, you know, it doesn't make any matter whether you've got, you know, any money to give to this ministry or not. I care about you. I pray for you. And I want to minister to you in any way and every way possible. Well, I've enjoyed uh, being with you today. I hope that you'll tell others about this podcast because chances are, if you enjoy listening to Sunshine USA, you probably know someone else who would benefit from listening to this podcast. Until next time, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on Sunshine USA.